this is Tiffany Aurora. You're listening to the Entrepreneurs and Artists Podcast. Today are Ekta Suri and Misty Dillon, who are co-founders of Transformative Travel. Ekta has coordinated and facilitated and hosted retreats and workshops all around the world. She has a master's degree in contemplative education, and while she grew up here in the United States, she lived for a period of time in a small remote village at the buffer zone of India's oldest tiger reserve. And we talk about that a little bit on the show today, so I hope you'll enjoy that conversation. Misty Dillon is an FFI certified casting instructor who is the world authority on golden masseur fly fishing in the Himalayas. He is passionate about using fly fishing as a lens to empower communities and especially communities and people of color to connect with and to protect their local rivers and waterways. He ran his own highly successful travel business while in India and still facilitates trips to the Indian Himalayas today. Ikta and Misty have over 20 years of experience in the travel industry, and I'm so excited to have them on today's show. You're in for a treat. All right, so Ikta and Misty, welcome to the show. Thank you thank so much you. for having us. Yes, thank you. Um, okay, so you all are the founders of Transformative Travel, a company that I believe you founded back in 2019. And I love the name of your company. Um, I got a chance to travel quite extensively when I was younger. I haven't done it as much in the last few years, probably due to COVID. But um, I have always found travel to be a very transformative experience if you go into it with the right mindset. Um, but I'm wondering if we could start off our discussion by you taking me back to a point in time in your life where you had a travel experience, maybe like your first one, where all of a sudden you realized, oh, this is going to change my life. And it could just be a moment. It doesn't necessarily have to be a huge thing, but just that moment where you realize like this experience is changing me fundamentally as a person. I think the first time I really had a transformative experience <clears throat> through travel was when I had just graduated college, um, my friend and I went to Europe. We had absolutely no plan whatsoever. I'm really shocked thinking back at it now. We had no cell phones then. I'm older. And I'm thinking back at it now. I can't believe our parents allowed us to do this. But we just took off and uh, went away for about five weeks to Europe. And the entire time we were focused on manifesting and creating the experience that we wanted. Like we literally would like send up into the universe we had like a little thing you twist your little hand and send it up and we would ask for what we wanted and we had the most incredible adventure of my life like I the stories from that trip have 
will stay with me until my like last breath. And then my whole perspective of the world and of myself was so shifted because as an American, we were so focused on ourselves a lot of the times. I just remember people, for example, in France asking me what I thought about people in Spain and what I think about people in Germany. And I said, um, quite honestly, we don't think about you guys at all. Yeah, it's humbling, right? When we are suddenly faced with this idea of, oh, there's all this all these things happening in the world and we haven't even been paying attention to them. And I think it's easy for us as Americans to do that for sure because um, it it can seem like, well, it doesn't seem like, geographically we are often so far away from a lot of the other things that are happening in the world. But uh, the worse the world gets more and more connected and more and more global, that's gonna shift. And so us being aware of those moments, it's so important. Misty, what about you? Um, I think my transformative experience was quite recent. Um, and just because of staying in India for so long and the conditioning you get within your own country, we know what it is to be in the US all the time. When you go someplace outside of that internationally, and for me, it was Bhutan, it was something someplace really close. You know, I had a great experience on this film that we were filming because there was so much unknown associated to this entire expedition. It came out as a documentary movie called uh, The Power of the River, uh, in which we basically, we, we, we explored some of the water systems, uh, rivers of Bhutan for these um, the legendary fish, which have evolved with the youngest mountain range in the world, the Himalayas, a kind of iconic bioindicator species. So we basically did a rafting expedition up on the eastern edge of Bhutan, which is uh, where it comes into India, and the kind of area where they've got tiger you know, seven, about 10 and a half thousand feet. And it's quite a, quite a, one of those last spots remaining valleys, which has not been dammed by hydroelectric power. And as we came down these 15 day expedition, my, my relationship with electricity changed so much that I didn't even, and this is with me, even us staying in a mud house outside Jim Corbett Tiger Reserve when we, when I did that expedition, it was 2015, I think. And it, it, it was, it, it changed me. And when you say you ch- it changed your relationship to electricity, can you say more about that? What, what do you mean by that? In India, it gets very hot, very much like in the U.S. Here we use heating systems. There you have to use air conditioning. You know, just switch mm-hmm. off the air conditioning and just switch off the electricity and just let, you know, sleep in the fresh air. And we were very used to doing that already because we were staying in the outside of the Tiger Reserve. But when we'd come down to the office of the main cities to catch up with the internet and, you know, get ahead, that's the time when we would use, oh, as we get, you know, stop doing that then as well. Like your your appreciation for all of that really increased, sounds like. Absolutely. I mean, and so much of the power there is hydro hydropower because these rivers are favorite rivers, which have our favorite fish and, and support our favorite mm-hmm. ecosystems and are dammed. And then eventually they get silted up. And, you know, they, that those are our sources of electricity, becoming aware of that whole journey and watching. It's like going to an animal farm or a farm, you know, where, where they produce, um, produce uh, literally meat, being appalled by it. And how arrogant um, we were in our culture of that time in India and how humble the Bhutanese were about every aspect of their life and that their commitment to the world is something no nation in the world has done to now, which is that sense of forest cover, promising the world 65% forest cover, but having more intentionally as a country, mm-hmm. taking that uh, pledge. We literally flew from India into Bhutan and the forest cover just changed. It was just prolific and it's a small little country tucked between China and India two superpowers in that part of the world well I love what you said there about the humility aspect because I think I think that is one of the things that travel really can do like it does humble us especially if you are you're willing to go in and see things that 
you haven't seen before, but also things that make you a little bit uncomfortable, right? That change your perspective if you allow yourself to be humbled in that way. But I think that's hard as well, right? Because it's it's easy sometimes to put ourselves in these positions where we see something that's new, we experience something that's new, and because it's hard, we think maybe I don't want to think about that too much. And I love that you were just like you let yourself be open to that. And I think that's often where that transformation comes. That's so good. Well, we were just gonna say we we completely agree with you. And you know, in your introduction, you said it's the lens that you carry that creates the transformation. And um, a lens that we really encourage for all of our guests is for them to travel with heart, which is an acronym. And it starts with humble. H is humble. Um, you're mm, right. Okay. That's a gateway. That's one of the gateways into the into transformation. And then others uh, engaged, aware, resilient, and thankful. We completely are on the same page. Well, actually, okay. So let me ask you about that, Ekta, because one of the questions that I had for you was I was curious about the kinds of suggestions you have for individuals who are getting ready to travel. And this could be people who might want to engage with you and your travel company, or it just might be someone who's um, completely new to travel. They're just going to go out with their family, but this is like the first trip they've ever taken. So can you walk us through a little bit about what you recommend to people to be able to get themselves in that mindset to really make the most of a trip? Absolutely. Um, something that is really, I think, critical in having a transformative journey that a lot of people miss is that the journey starts before you get on the plane. It starts before you're mm -hmm. at the new destination. It starts the mm -hmm. moment you feel called to go on a trip on a journey of any kind for any reason and everybody has their own reason for going on a journey and it's so important to identify for yourself what it is you want out of your experience because as in anything in your life if you're intentional you put your focus that's what you're going to manifest that's what you're going to create one thing that we do in all of our process with all of our guests and anybody really could do is take time to set the intention why are you going on this trip? Four of you and your family may be going on the trip and every one of you is going for a different reason. And it's really powerful for you to articulate for yourself what that is. It's powerful for you to hear what the other people that you're traveling with are, what their intention is as well, and hear them voice what it is that they want. That's a great idea. That's a great point. I've just stopped literally pausing you there. I want to say that because a lot of times I deal with a lot of, you know, folks who are paying for the whole trip and they feel entitled that the trip should be now, you know, all because they're, I'm paying for the family. I should be, it should be all about me. So, and that's where the humility also starts. I remember I had a father and he said, why? I, it doesn't matter why they want to go. I'm paying for the trip for all four of us. And we're, you know, I want it to be this and it has to be this budget. And that was, you know, his focus. And I said, I was like, okay. And his, and then I spoke to him a little more and his daughters were going away to college. And I was like, hmm. So I wonder what it is that they're going through and what they want to get out of this journey. Wouldn't it be potent for you to hear where they are and what this trip means to them. So it's really a gateway and an opportunity to have more meaningful conversations and more, um, you know, just to be more aware of exactly where everybody is, what they desire. Because when you're going on a journey, it's like a time to dream. If I say, well, what do you want on your trip? You know, it's like, yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, 
I just want to read a book or I want, I want to do yoga because I know I need to do yoga every day and I don't, but I feel like on this trip, I'll feel inspired and I want to do that. You know, it's like people dream and trips are, are an opportunity for you to create what you want with your day. You have a new schedule. Your entire world is fresh and new. You're in a new place, sometimes new language, um, new foods, so, you know, new environment, new sounds, the things that you're doing, you could do it any time but when you travel you have that opportunity because it's all fresh in you you can break your conditionings if you choose and then one other thing tiffany i just give as a little tidbit tip for people um, who want to have yeah. transformative experience is ritual mm-hmm. in travel is really powerful so before you leave and you've set your intentions of what you want to do like kind of mark for yourself do a little cheers um to your friends you could have a dinner before you go it could be anything that means something to you that's what's important to mark that you're leaving and you're gonna open yourself to your intention manifesting the way you wanted it to like you've set your intention and now you're really gonna like open yourself to make that happen because it's not like Misty said, it's not like you paid for the trip and now you paid for transformation and what, you know, you expect to have it. It's a, you have to engage in that process and create it. And what we do is we help you have the lens to have that happen. And we've experienced it for ourselves. And, you know, you'll, you know, we've been in the industry combined together for over two decades. And so um, we've just seen that these are the experiences and the lens and perspectives that people can carry to have a really transformative journey. As a guy, that ritual is really important for me as much as it sounds mm. that it might not be. It has been since I was 15 years old because I pretty much started getting into this industry when I was 15 years old. I decided fly fishing was my passion. And I would ritual for me is just going through all the, my, the outer, which is it ha- my rituals goes from the outer to the inner. And I always say, you know, in transform- transformative travel, we divide travel into outer, the aspects and the inner aspects of travel. Inner being the heart, being the humble, being the engaged, aware, resilient, thankful. And the outer being, you can go on and on, right? From checklist, you know, to binoculars, backpack, you know. But making sure all of those things are what you want them to be when you're in that place. Are they waterproof? Going through that pre, so that when you're actually on your trip, you can actually be taking the time to explore. Be out there at first, at, at first light. Because one thing we, as Ekta mentioned, we'd like to be around nature reserves. We don't realize the timing is so crucial, which means two minutes, the tiger was there, two minutes, the tiger's not there. And he's not going to mm. be there. And you better be resilient yeah, yeah. for that because you don't have a choice. These are bioindicator species. They just show up like that because you've come here, travel half around the world. They have time <laughs> and you have to honor yeah. that. And all of those go into your pre-trip rituals and going from outer to inner between guys and women, women, gentlemen and ladies is that I feel the ladies go from the inner experience to the outer experience. My, my feeling is that the, that the gentlemen want the outer experience first before they go into that inner, into the inner aspect. So the rituals on both ends are very important from the outer rituals, from making sure everything is clean and crisp and ready for your trip. You know, and you're preparing for that six months ahead of time because you've seen that calling. You, you want to see that time. When you really want to see it, he will come. Or you want to see that snow level. <clears throat> and for us, a lot of those trips are very, very species oriented. We were, our two de- over two decades of experience has been on these species oriented trips for 
people are you know, spending exorbitant sums of money for the average individual to go halfway around the world, set up all of this logistics in prime location so that you can have manifest that experience. Well, I appreciate how you both have broken this down because I, I feel like I often see, and I think I've fallen into this myself sometimes, um, there's all of the attention gets paid on that outer experience or on the logistics and you just completely forget about the inner side of it and the importance of both, right? Because the, the logistics, they matter. Um, the outer experience, it certainly matters. But if you miss that inner, it, you've missed all of it in, in some sense, I think. Absolutely. And we've seen that in such beautiful places. We've just come out of this beautiful experience and someone is just complaining about it's raining. If it's, and you're in hot springs, you're in these beautiful volcanic hot springs. You could just get into the hot spring and it's all, they have all the facilities to be in, yeah. in indoors in the hot spring but you can make that that or that and that's what shapes you as you go forward in you know is is how you react to that and there will be times you might have paid for single occupancy and there's no choice this is a limited lodge wildlife lodge which has only eight rooms there's a leak well there's a leak in one of them guess what the closest repair is 40 miles away i mean there's you know we have to share a room so because that's an opportunity for you to learn, learn something about them and yeah. i and yeah. i just want to i, I want to say that um this th that resilience really kicks in if you do those rituals if you set your intention mm -hmm. ahead of time well i think i think that could do so much too for just taking the stress level down because so many people they do get really stressed about travel because the unexpected happens all the time, right? I mean, you can have the best plan in the world when it comes to travel, and it's good to have the best plan in the world, and something will go wrong because that's just the way that travel works. That's part of the experience. And to have kind of that North Star that like, here's why I'm doing this, the intention, as you said, well, I can really take that stress away because as things, some things will fall into place the way you plan them and some won't, and that's okay. You get to just continue to pull yourself back towards that North Star. But it's also, all of this also makes me think, what a great reason to partner with transformative travel as well because you guys can take care of a lot of a lot of these logistics and i know for me personally like when i was younger it didn't matter so much because i was always about like that's the cheapest way to travel and that's a wonderful way to go about it too you can learn a lot you can see a lot of the world that way but if you happen to be in a position where you have the resources to be able to partner with someone else and let them take care of some of the logistics and help you sort of shape a travel experience. That's also amazing. And then you can really focus much more on the intention and focus on your bringing your group together and listening to them. What do you want out of this experience? Could you tell me a, a little bit about maybe one or two of the types of trips? Um, I know you guys will partner with people on creating a, a trip of kind of of their choosing, but could you tell me maybe about one or two of the trips that you guys take people on that are a little bit different, a little bit unique than what people might find with a different travel company? Um, well, I just came back um, from Costa Rica and we did something called Pura Vida Exploration. Pura Vida means pure or simple life. And they say Pura Vida all day long in Costa Rica. They say it for hello, goodbye, thank you, see you later. Like it's just a very um, common saying and it is a common way of being. Pura Vida is mm. to stop and smell the roses, to spend quality time with your family. It's to look at the sunrise and the sunset. It's to notice the interaction of nature around you. It's like that is what Pura Vida living is. And so we do a full exploration of that. 
And we do it by first connecting you to the community and then connecting you to the ecosystem and then connecting you to yourself. And we design the trip that way. So we take you first to um, the Nicoya Peninsula, which is a blue zone area, which means that they have one of the largest population of centennials around the world, people who live over 100 years old. And they say that's due to lifestyle, climate, weather, food. Um, you know, everything that really makes up their way of living is what makes them live these amazing, healthy, wonderful lives. And we have a host that does this trip for us, and he's an indigenous naturalist to the area. His family, his forefathers actually were some of the first people to inhabit the Nicoya Peninsula. So it's pretty cool. So he's your host throughout this time. So we first go to his home, connect to the community. His mother runs the recycling of the of that entire area. She actually, her and her uh, friends in the community volunteer and they do all of the recycling for all of the hotels of that entire section of the Nicoya. It's pretty amazing. He introduces you to that space. And then, of course, as a naturalist, so you go to a lot of um, national parks. You do the bioluminescent snorkeling, which completely blew my mind. It's like swimming in the universe. Like they, the plankton looks huh. like stars and you're just swimming in the stars. But then after that, we do uh, go to... Monteverde, which is their cloud forest, and it has one of the most unique ecosystems in the world. I don't know if you know, but Costa Rica has 5% of the world's biodiversity in that tiny little country. So we um, spend time with yet another naturalist who's incredible, Nestor, and um, he takes us around in Monteverde to witness the cloud forest, and he knows it like it's his own backyard. Birds sleep in the same tree every night on particular limbs. So we would go first go <laughs> see the birds in the day, and then we would go for the night tour and see them sleeping. And it's like their own little uh, apartment complex. Um, and then finally you ended at the hot springs and you just completely, that's where I say you connect to yourself. That's your time for your reflection, self-care, self-love. That's like the time to do whatever you feel like doing. We call that the Pura Vida exploration. And it's one of my favorites. Okay. And, and how long of a trip is that one? That was a 10 days. No, I'm sorry. 10 nights, 11 days. My trips tend to be a little fast, faster. One of my favorite expeditions uh, is up on the, uh, in Nepal now, which is mm -hmm. um, a Western Nepal uh, and a tiger reserve called the Royal Bardia National Park. This is kind of where the Himalayas start. So it's a very iconic, important, species-rich habitat in the base of the Himalayas that I specialize in. The reason why I love Nepal is because, you know, Costa Rica, and I say it, I, I think after Costa Rica, you need to go to Nepal because, because of being in the base of the Himalayas, these people are automatically doing these things that, you know, a lot of the other destinations like Costa Rica are doing. They just have to do it. They have no other choice. They have to, mm -hmm. they have to walk eight miles to go to school. They have to, and these are in the rugged Himalayas. And the happiness and the resilience in that community there is amazing, in spite of all the earthquakes and all of that they've gone through. And of course, it's really beautiful. You fly in and we basically access this tiger reserve, um, which has lots of rivers going through it. So you can do float trip, trips to it. There's a great outfitter there called Tiger Tops. We use, they're one of all, uh, Nepal's old safari companies that set up the entire expedition. And my friend who is a cardiologist in, uh, in Kathmandu, he comes along with the whole 
uh, expedition and uh, it's got great one horn rhino habitat, great tiger sightings, wildlife, birds, hiking, fly fishing, float trips. And you get access to this whole pristine ecosystem in that part of the world is what makes it really unique. And with the whole cultural aspect of Nepal, and these aren't the Sherpas because they're living right down on the base of the Himalaya, Himalayas. They're called the Tharus, the local Tharus. So they do a little cultural evening in the end for you to you know, develop a bit of an understanding of how you know, people really survive in human uh, tiger conflict areas uh, and, uh, and, 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 and just areas that get hit by monsoon really badly every year. Can you tell me a little bit about what prompted you to start your own travel company? So this is back, I think you guys started Transformative Travel back in 2019, right? What what prompted you to decide like, this is it, like we're gonna, we're gonna start this, rather than going to work for somebody else, we're gonna start our own company. I've always been an entrepreneur. I, I love being an entrepreneur, it drives me. Um, I, I had a business back in India as well, which was doing safaris and fly fishing all over the place. And this vision for Transformative Travel was, in, you know, it, it had come to Ekta and me long time back. Uh, maybe about three years before that, we uh, we hadn't really felt how this is all going to come about. But we said, hey, we're, uh, you know, we're two characters here. We, you know, we do have some, you know, perspectives to offer the travel community and experience as well and connections. And uh, and we just happened to do, Acre happened to do all of this research uh, on the internet, say what's the hottest travel trend, happened to be transformative travel. And we said, hey, isn't, haven't we been just doing this for about 20 years now? So we just brought, brought it in a, in a more, um, in a container. We actually didn't know. We, we actually didn't know that it was the hottest travel trend. We, so I will say this, you know, for me, transformative travel really was born out of my experience of leaving Howard County, Maryland <laughs> and going to the Himalayas. I met Misty. We got married. Mm. He never wanted to come to the U.S. It was never a topic of discussion that we were going to live here. To my family's great dismay, they thought that we would, you know, definitely Misty would want to, of course, come to the United States. No, he did not. He had his outdoor adventure company there. He And that was part of the package deal. So when we got married, I moved to India and we lived outside of this tiger reserve, had no home. We were in a tent in a tiger reserve. I'll say it again. And there was <laughs> there was wild boar, there was <laughs> leopard, there was uh, king cobras, there was everything and anything you can think of under the sun. And um, slowly his business grew from tent to small cottages I still did not have a home. I was still in a tent and I at one point took over one of the cottages and said, I will not leave until you make me a home because <laughs> I am going to get impaled by a wild boar running past my tent in the middle of the night. We did build a mud house in, you know, outside of the tiger reserve. We were right on the buffer zone. We had no electricity um, in our cottages where we were. We did finally, right before we ended up moving back, did get electricity in our home and hot water. Mm. Before that, we would use, you know, they would use um, wood to heat our water in buckets and we had hot bucket water bath. So that whole experience of moving from suburban Howard County life where I have grown up, raised and pretty much grew up and then lived in Baltimore before going to India and living in this remote village and all of the things of having to be, you know, humble, engaged, aware, resilient and thankful. Those things are really 
they're from our life experience. We experienced all of that. We saw other people experience it. India is a transformative destination, period. It was a great place for the birth of this, of transformative travel for us. And 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 really was the journey of all journeys for myself, I know. All the journeys I had leading up to it kind of prepared me to be able to have such a extraordinarily different life experience there. And just really reevaluating our thoughts and ideas. You know, I think in the Western world, you can kind of sometimes see how other people live and think, oh, they're poor and I'm poor thing and then you spend time with them and you're like um they don't have stress in their eyes like uh they're healthy wait uh they all seem to like you know it's like wait a minute who is so active down their environment is pristine they take care of it like they're fit like they're just you know the way they they deal with resilience the way they deal with resilience and resilience on the level you haven't imagined you know, yeah. monsoon floods have taken away all their fields. Yeah. No water. Guess what? This monsoon doesn't come, so the springs are empty. There's no water. How um how have you taken those le- those lessons of resilience that you all have learned um from living from living all over the world from these different experiences that you've just mentioned? Like how how do you how do you keep the, those lessons of resilience and practice them in your life now that you're living back here in the United States? By being outdoors every day taking that time to being outdoors to get out of your mind you you know being the meditation or whatever that's that is for me the outdoors is a meditation it's to be outside is to become aware of that's meditation Mm -hmm. how about you you know i think when you have these experiences they just become part of who you are i don't know how to explain that but when you when you go through a challenge and you for yourself because you're going to be challenged when you're having a transformative experience it's you know transformation mm-hmm. isn't this like nice little butterfly thing out of nowhere that butterfly had to break out and it's quite a it's quite a journey to get there right when you have that and you and you come out of it you're not the same as you were before so i feel like you carry though that level of resilience with you i feel it i and misty's right the outdoors is a great answer because i don't get to you know there you had to hike to get anywhere that's just what that was just what it was um and here i don't i don't get that opportunity as much and as soon as i get back outside and i get back into the outdoors it's like that it you know it's like riding a bike right you just feel so connected again um and resilient physically even resilient and it's it just becomes part of who you are. You carry it with you because you've had those experiences and, and that becomes uh, uh, Chogyam Trumpa Rinpoche, who um, was the founder of the Shambhala Buddhist, Buddhist world. He has a term that he uses called bone wisdom. And it's, it's like, it's what you carry. It's in your bones now. Like you've had that experience. Mm-hmm. That's you are so like after that. having those experiences of resilience on your journeys you just bring that forward and you kind of have that extra pep in your step because you've had those experiences um and you've and you've risen above them well i want, I want to just double click real quick on something that you said if i could say that on a podcast double click <laughs> highlight um but just the fact that like the transformative journey isn't an easy one right because easy things don't transform us it's the hard things that have the opportunity to transform us. They don't always. Sometimes the hard experiences in life can make you jaded. They can make you bitter. They can make you cynical. They can do all of those things. Another way to approach them and to process them 
is to embrace hard things as transform transformation, right? Um, but that comes through actually taking some time to reflect on it and learn from it. I know there's um, there's uh, just if you if you look into like the world of adult learning, learning itself, they say you know you you need to do the action of something that's new, but it's not actually the doing itself that produces the learning. It's the doing of the new thing and then taking a moment to reflect on it. And it is the reflection itself that allows you to learn and to grow. And I think in this particular instance, when we're talking about travel, that's so powerful, right? Because that's even these quote unquote short trips, you may not be in a position where you can move around the world and live in another country. Maybe that's not your reality, but you do have an opportunity to carve out five days, 10 days, maybe even a little more than that and go and take a short term trip and then experience all these things and come back, reflect on them and see how you've grown. And it is amazing how even a five or a 10 day trip really can change your life. Yeah, I think you, you hit the nail on the head, Tiffany. It's it's the growth mindset. It's having that growth is where it's all at. And and that's where transformation, evolution, that's what we're we're talking about here is knowing that you constantly have the opportunity to expand your point of view, your perspective, and to continue to grow. Um, and when you meet people from other parts of the world with different cultures and lifestyles, and you don't come with prejudgment, you know, one of the things that we really ask people to do is to to question their their judgments. When we talk about being humble, that's part of it, is to is not to feel that the way you perceive or do things in your culture is the only way and is the right way you need to be mm -hmm. open because your context is so different from the context of another culture and if you open yourself to that it will blow your mind because suddenly the world opens up in a way it's it's like you've been wearing particular lenses your entire life and then suddenly we open that up and you can see so much beyond just one way of being. And then you start to question what, but okay, that's a different culture. I have a different culture. What is still the same and what is different? You know, there's like, there's so much in there. Okay. So I have a little bit of a different question for you um, for both. This is for both of you. And maybe I'll toss it at Misty first since you just answered the last question. You guys are in business together. And I'm curious if you have any advice for other people who might be considering going into business with their partner, because I think it, sometimes like going into business with a partner works really well for some people and some people they just hate it. And, um, and I'm sure there's good and bad, but I was just wondering if, since you've been doing this for a few years now, if you could maybe share any tidbits of advice that you would have for our listeners who might be considering doing what you're doing. It's challenges every day uh, and uh, in which communication is key because I think whenever that communication happens is when you're living together all the time, those boundaries also get hazy sometimes. You know, and you're with your partner, I mean, it's, it's ultimately going to challenge, but the ultimate challenge is in front of you in, you know, uh, where you're not taking those e ego-driven decisions and those decisions have to be more um, coherent. So, and then like a mirror, it's going to put that in your face a lot more than you, you know, your average relationship, which is, you know, she goes to work, he stays at home or vice versa. He goes to work, she stays at home or they both work. So, yeah, communication is key. And for us, I think 
being outdoors together builds that character. We spend so much time outdoors in such challenging situations. You know, middle of the night, Tom came through Himalayan Valley, wind tunnel factor, tents have flown up like hairpins in this wide open, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. now it rains. Yeah. So you know, take trips outdoors together. If you're in business together, you also need to yeah. have those facilitated experiences or facilitate them themselves. Take two kayaks and run the river together. I would expand on that a little bit and I would I go I'm doing outdoor things together. But I think the other thing that you mentioned is doing hard things together, which could be outdoors or not, just depending on your personal preferences. But purposefully doing hard things together because that's got to force the communication in a way that maybe doing easier things doesn't absolutely absolutely or things yeah. that require teamwork like i mean i know for us we like to kayak together and that's always good because in kayaking one person has to lead and the other person has to support um mm, and so yeah. it's a really yeah. good otherwise you're gonna flip you know it's like <laughs> it's pretty it's actually a great relationship coaching tool more often go that, kayaking like, together there you go go kayaking <laughs> go kayaking together something where you have to some teamwork effort is good and and i think also i i highly recommend and i think you know we can get better at this as well and it's really creating a boundary of okay we're this we gotta turn work off like we're not gonna mm. we're not we're not doing work from this time to this time and it's really like as an entrepreneur you're pretty much always working and and part of it is because you're inspired and and that's fine but um like we have a daughter you know because we have our daughter she gets very overwhelmed if we're just talking about work at home all the time she wants us to be mm. just in the present moment and spending time with her and so really making yeah. time to do that and as misty said we tend to do that by going outside for us, we all sort of center and we find our our center together when we're outside and we find a, like a peace and a flow. So that's what works for our family. But I think it's really, you know, making time for your family or making time for yourself as a couple that is intentionally like dedicated to that. And then, you know, work being specifically dedicated to that. I mean, the biggest challenge for, I would say I have found is that if you're having stress in the business it's hard not for it to leak into the relationship if you're having stress in the relationship it's hard to function well as partners in a business because you're you know yeah. and so really um i again this would be my advice and i think i'm saying it to myself as well is to really take more time to to separate them as best as you can and to create dedicated time to what really matters which is your relationship which is your your you know your family those are the things that are why you're doing all of this in a sense right um and to some degree at least to some degree and then feel inspired to bring that passion back to the business and travel together is so helpful yeah. because you get out of your everyday environment and you really get to like be inspired again and feel young and you know adventurous when you travel it's a beginner's mindset so that's really refreshing in a relationship and um luckily it's also our profession so it gives us a chance to maybe um to do it more often. All right. Well, um, where can our listeners go if they want to find you online, if they want to partner with you, they're interested maybe in taking one of your trips or um, working with you on a customized trip, where should they go to find you? Check us out at transformativetravel.ltd. 
which is different than, than most. I'll say it again, transformativetravel.ltd. Um, that's our website. You can definitely find all the information on there. And of course, we're on um, Instagram and Facebook. Or you could email us at explore at transformativetravel.ltd. If you would like a free 30-minute consultation, we do that for anyone. So if you're thinking about doing a trip with us, Honestly, it's just probably really helpful to do, even if you're not sure if you're ready to book, but it will give you clarity on exactly what you're looking for and will help you kind of get in the mindset to set your intentions and, um, you know, figure out even the, the outer aspect of what's your budget? What are you looking to experience? What are your preferences? Everybody is different. And I find it, you know, one thing that people forget is we're so used to just getting a brochure of, okay, this is a trip. This is how much it costs. We're really into your calling. So for us, everybody's calling is different. Some people are fine with a three-star hotel because they're not going to be in there and they just want to be out all of the time. And as long as it's clean and it's nice and decent, they have their own, you know, preferences that's fine. Some people want five star all of the way. So we do ask people, what is your budget and what are you looking to experience? We ask you some questions to help you clarify that for yourself. And then, you know, from there we can decide if it's a good fit for us to move forward. I would really say if you're interested in having a meaningful journey, and if you have a group, especially if you have a group, because (laughs) It's exhausting to facilitate for a group. I I have a big family. I've done a lot of family reunion stuff. And by the time you're done coordinating, you're there's like nothing in there in you to have fun anymore because it's you're so busy doing all of that. And so it's nice to have us people like us come in and really handle all those logistics for you. So you can really focus on why you're there and spending quality time with the people that you're there with. And then of course, we we really love working with group leaders of any type. It could be a retreat facilitator um, and or it could be even businesses or we've had board members that like to travel together and it's sort of a, a retreat space for them. So um, those are the things that really, the areas that we have found to be really, really helpful to have extra support. That's awesome. That's awesome. And we will put the, um, we'll put your website and your email address in the show notes. So you can, listeners can refer to that, but also thank you for mentioning about the, the group travel and the business travel as well, because, um, I do some, yeah, sometimes people think of travel companies and, and, um, as just individual and you guys definitely work with individuals or families or whatnot, but you do the business side as well. And you've mentioned to me actually in the past that you guys will sometimes take like board members on retreats or, um, I know often businesses will take like their leadership team on quarterly retreats or quarterly offsites. And so you guys would be great partners for, um, for businesses who are looking for something like that. And actually, Misty, could you take a second to talk about the local travel that you also facilitate here in, um, I was gonna say here locally, but so I'm located in Baltimore City, you're down in Howard County. Um, I actually met ICTA through the Maryland Innovation Center, which is hosted by the Howard County Economic Development Authority really great space and i'll just put in here a quick plug for them if there's anybody in maryland who is looking for a community of entrepreneurs or looking might be looking for training um just absolutely great space but i know misty that you run local tours in the howard county area could you just talk about that for a second local travel right here bringing attention to your to your local ecosystem or your local river which is the patapsico river right here and i bring mm-hmm. attention to it through fly fishing i take people out and i teach them how to fly fish 
and um, and and a lot of people they feel called to that form of fishing because it's very um, yeah it, it's very intentional. You're you're basically casting a weighted weighted line, so you have to be intentional of how you cast it. And once you cast it well, then to see the fish come and respond to it, and it's a very visual form of fishing. And very rewarding and it also brings to your attention the other ecosystem of the fish are eating and all of that. So I spend about anywhere from an hour to a half a day which is or a full day which is seven hours with a nice little pack lunch and I bring it to the attention what they want to get out of their time on the water with me before they go out on the water about a week before and I run them through our pre-trip interview and I ask a few questions in which we can 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 learn about what they want to get out of that and then once they come back of course we do the post-trip reflection which is honoring the important aspects of the time spent locally and it really is like being out of your home and being spent time of locally yes with a certified guide uh, who can bring to your awareness also those technical outer technicalities of you know gear and all of that but also just you know this is where you've been living for the past 20 years how would someone go about booking that? So is it, do you, do you like offer these at preset times or do they reach out to you to just when they want to schedule something? And then could you also talk about what the cost would be for something like that? Yes, we, uh, we've, uh, we, people can, for us, the web, our website is uh, the one main platform on which you can find all of these under local, national and international trips. With these fly fishing trips, you know, I encourage people to come and do a little bit of fly fishing with me uh, and it starts at $50 an hour. And a half a day is about $275 for five hours and which covers a back lunch as well. And the full day is $375. We do float trips also. Um, I take guests down by uh, in these little, little inflatable kayaks, which is great fun in the summer because the river gets quite warm. And you, you put, put, on, put in up top and then you float on down this um, small stretch of water um, and through this lake, which is beautiful. Spend the full day there, about seven hours with back lunch. Well, Ekta and Misty, thank you so much for being on the show. And for sharing such great tips about how to make the most of a travel experience. Anybody can take these tips and use them, which is why I love them. They're fantastic. Go see the world, change your perspective, this is so important. Um, whether you're a creative, whether you're an entrepreneur, or whether someone else roped you into listening to this show, travel is so important and bringing intentionality to that experience will change the way that you see the world. If you're interested in working with Ikta and Misty, check out their website. Again, it's transformativetravel.ltd and you can also link to the URL in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Have a good one.